0: You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. There are new calls for the city of Seattle to clear a homeless encampment in the heart of downtown Seattle that stretches an entire city block and is basically not even on the sidewalk. It's on the sidewalk, but it's also on the curb. It's kind of wherever it just goes. Why do we have an entire block filled with a homeless encampment in downtown Seattle? Well, because all of those businesses are either boarded up because they closed down because of the Rona, or because there is no way with this homeless encampment that anybody can run a viable business there. So business leaders, people, uh, and owners, building owners in the area, they are all basically saying, hey, you got to do something right now, Johnny on the spot right now, because this is not working not working at all. And Seattle's politicians are like, well, we don't really have a place for them. So what do you want us to do? Well, you got to do something. You got to do something. Something bad will happen. And then attention will be put on that homeless encampment. And, And what we've got going on right now, and that's kind of the way it always goes. But what we've got going on right now is businesses are making plans right now to bring their employees back to downtown. We all know it. It's happening. That whole "kumbaya" thing, where uh, we were all going to work from home forever and just be, you know, happy, and productivity is going to be three thousand times better than when you had to go into the office and nobody's commuting anymore. Well, all of those things kind of ended. Have kind of ended as it's more politically acceptable to, you know, get the vaccine and show your support and. Go back to work because we all know now based on the media that we just couldn't get that camaraderie at home working from home. I think there's a lot of things that are rough about working from home. Um, Social isolation. I mean, it's just and the list just goes on and on and on. And kids doing that thing from doing school at home. That's a huge no go for me. If I would have been forced to do that when I was in school, I was a decent student, but um, I would have just on principle said, uh, you want me to sit in in front of a computer for that many hours? Pass. No, thanks. I'm just not going to learn instead. It's just, or I would have just powered through super quick and probably cut some real corners. You know, got my degree, but whatever. Just what a mess. I can't really blame people for like, I want to go back to the office. I've been at my office the entire time because I'm self employed, and we were able to socially distance here. And it's just not that big of a deal. But other people are like, Oh, you shouldn't even be on the roadway, you need to wear your mask inside your car. Because the Rona, you know, whole ridiculous thing. Crazy. So we've got, we've just basically got this siren going on of, hey, if you're going to bring employees back, yeah, can't really have people walking through this little jungle on 3rd avenue in downtown seattle and it literally goes and i've seen it and i you know walked it it's an entire block and it's sketchy um i watched the Como news video they're the ones that did this article and they literally show they're they're panning the street and they're looking through a tent that's got that's set up for a rain fly there's no rain fly so it's clear and there's a dude just in there shooting up whatever I mean, and that's kind of just what goes on. They interview a gal and she's like, yeah, we all get drunk and we all get high. It's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we know the story. It's, you know, it's not a mother of two that just lost her job. These are like some hardcore homeless folks. Um, mother of two that lost her job that's been kicked to the curb. So it's a struggle, right? So there's growing pressure from the, uh, oh, wait a minute. Before we get into that, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds, I own a couple of real estate companies, I read the news, it's what we're doing. There's growing pressure from the business community for city leaders to clear an encampment that stretches an entire block of Third Avenue between Pike and Union streets and is located in the heart of downtown Seattle. This is a big deal for Seattle. But what I just described there is mainly all of Skid Row in Los Angeles, right? I mean, have you seen video of that? It is incredible. It's like where are we? I refer to it as District Nine, which is that movie, the sci-fi movie that it's basically just showing shanty towns and some aliens, and there's alien ships up above, and you know people got to make the the best out of their situation. Um, but at uh, at the gorge, at the um, the uh, gorge amphitheater, we call general camping is referred to as District Nine because it is a zoo, especially on Saturday night of a three con- three night festival. So you want to get there on Thursday, get your camping all set up, Thursday night, Friday first show, Saturday, epic show, Sunday, you're just hanging on because you're just going to try and make it home in one piece and not have your psyche just shattered from the weekends of events of just sitting there watching concerts and, you know, doing adult stuff. So District 9, it's a real thing. And you got District 9 here for an entire block, but man, compared to California, It's not much, but it's in a really important part of downtown Seattle. It's in the downtown core and um, not a good look, not a good look. Even by Seattle standards, the camp violates the city's tolerance of where people have been allowed to pitch a tent. Check that out. Even by Seattle standards. All right. So that's, that's a slam on Seattle. But if they would have really gone for it, if they would have really been reaching, they would have said, even by portland standards the camp violates the city's tolerance of where people have been allowed to pitch a tent because portland right now to me that is probably um they they're leading the pack they're a they're a, for a smaller city they are way ahead and leading the pack they are really on the struggle bus there not where you want to be and they're going to have to we've been reading stories about this as well um they're going to have to have some real decision making going on there and um it's not going to be pretty especially with their leadership. So the city has allowed tents between the curb and the edge of the sidewalk, which is officially known as the furniture zone. Talked about this in my last podcast which was about uh <sighs> Man, Venice Beach, Sheriff, Sheriff Villanueva going in there, just cleaning, cleaning out the homeless encampments. He's starting anyway. So that's a story that's going on as well. So all these stories are coming together because guess what? It's go time. It's getting back to normal time. And you've got a lot of conflict between what has happened and has been allowed to happen by city leaders in these cities and what needs to happen moving forward as life and business and structure tries to go back to normal. So the city is allowed tents between the curb and the edge of the sidewalk, which is officially known as the furniture zone, you learn something new every day, right? Hey, that's you're in the furniture zone. Why am I in the furniture zone? Because it typically is where a person making deliveries places their items on a hand truck. Did you know this? I didn't. You're probably going to make fun of me. But yeah, um, that's the that's the furniture zone. I I had no idea. City officials have not typically tolerated a situation where tents obstruct the main sidewalk. But every tent along the west side of Third Avenue are doing just that. They're on the sidewalk. And it's I've, I've talked multiple times about my walk through downtown Seattle that was pretty long. And it was during a you know, one of the NFL football games, the Division championship? Do I even have that terminology right? I place zero emphasis on the National Football League. Um, Not because I don't like it, which I don't really, but I just don't care. One of those things. So um, go Seahawks, 12th man. Yeah, all that stuff. Seahawks were crappy when I was a kid and everybody jumped on the bandwagon when I was an adult. And so I'm not much of a bandwagon guy. That's why Go Seahawks! So we've got them all. i uh, have got all the tents lined up in downtown, and this was a this was a sketchy block back then, and it's just gotten worse. I and mean, it was one of those blocks where you walk on the other side of the street, and I think I did that. I'll have to check my footage, but I am pretty sure I shot that entire block from the other side because I'm a wimp and I don't really want to die. Um, I was also there kind of early, late afternoon, early evening, and it was pretty quiet. And I just felt, I don't know, I felt kind of uncomfortable. I was there by myself with my handy GoPro. You know, you can always extend up my selfie stick and use that as a weapon if you need to. Just, um, But no, I don't really want to do that. So I just try and keep my distance. And if you're 30 feet away, you're 30 feet away. And if you need to uh, zoom in, then that's what you do. But uh, yeah, I've made the comment multiple times. I'm old and I don't want to die. That's the end goal here, right? So here's what John Scholes, the CEO of the Downtown Seattle Association, he's been a very vocal uh, opponent of just leaving the homeless encampments in place. He says, we need to open that block up. Okay, it's unacceptable to have that block in our downtown blocked by tents, criminal activity and criminal enterprise. It needs immediate action. Just south of where we're talking about, they had a major criminal enterprise that was coming out of a few tents. I can't remember how much, you know, the dollar amount and drugs, but they were basically just running a full on crime ring out of a tent on the sidewalk, because that's how you do it in 2021 in Seattle. All right. So when he says criminal activity and criminal enterprise, he is not wrong. He is calling it the way it is. And other people are like, oh, but they don't have anywhere to go. They get offers all the time of places to go. A city, a Seattle City work crew showed up at the camp Thursday morning, not to clear it, but to clean it. Workers picked up litter and trash around the tents for 30 minutes and then left to do the same at another unsanctioned encampment. You'll see this fairly often because they, they, they don't really have the authorization to clear it out unless something really bad happens. And then it's a safety issue. And then they can go in there and somebody says, Yep, I guess it's about time. Let's clear. Let's clean house. Let's get this one done. And like I just talked about in the city of Seattle right now, they're saying there are 400 homeless encampments throughout the city, that might be as small as a couple of tents, up to 40 or 50 tents in these bigger encampments, like the one in the K through eight elementary school in Broadview in Seattle, kind of mid mid North Seattle, it's on school, Seattle school property in the school district won't sweep the camp because they don't think it's, you know, the right thing to do. And yet you've got kindergartners watching just crazy stuff go on. Is that okay? Okay. I mean, if I'm a parent in that school district, I'm not okay with that. No, that's a big, that's a hard no end stop for me as a parent. Be like, we're going to go somewhere else. We're going to go somewhere else and live wherever we need to, as long as there's not a homeless encampment next to the school. They're telling me it's okay. I don't think so because I read the news and I know what's going on. And this is me hypothetically, if I'm a parent. And um, all you got to do is just read the news once a week. And you'll see just some crazy stuff happening. And yet we're told, ah, it's okay, your child, you know, your K through eight, old child, kindergarten through eighth grade, they're gonna be just fine. Other than watching homeless people have sex outside, you know, some of it paid for some of it not drug overdoses, weapons, tents burning. 911, fire calls. I mean, you've got tents burning up, you've got explosions. This is normal stuff in a homeless encampment. And people are like, ah, but don't sweep them out, leave them there. They don't have anywhere to go. Well, at some point in time, you got to do something. And that's why we're talking about this encampment here in downtown Seattle, because as the homeless, as the workers start to go back to the big buildings, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little bit of a uh, concentration point. We're gonna have some, gonna have some emphasis in the downtown core and we're gonna cover it right here in the Seattle real estate podcast. All right, let's keep going. So the city hasn't budged from its estimate that there are being, that there are 400 unsanctioned camps in the city for at least two years. If they're saying that for at least two years, then it's way more than that now. Cause with the whole Rona thing, with CDC saying, Hey, no sweeps, that hasn't gotten smaller. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you defund the police, is crime going to uh, lower? on its own, just arbitrarily, hey, we know there's less cops on the streets now. So we're just we're just going to take a little break. You know, every Thursday from midnight until 6am, we're just we're going to take it off. And then every other Saturday, we're going to do the same thing, no criming, because we know you guys are, you know, you're spread thin. And there's not a lot of um, not a lot that you can do to kind of quell the violence that's going on. So we're going to offer this as an olive branch. And you know, maybe we'll help make Seattle a little bit of a safer town you know, are the criminal activity folks are they doing that i don't i don't think so no crime's going up so we sleep outside on the side of the doorways and we take care of one another said a camper named star jones adding that she has lived at the camp from time to time and has been living on seattle streets for years here's the quote we all drink and we get high all right and our selected officials are letting it happen got to feel good about that. I mean, that's something to be proud of. Yep. That is why I think so many people have a really hard time with this situation. You don't want to kick anybody to the curb. But if they're not looking to make a change in their life, then to me, it's like, all right, city's got to do something. You can't have them living in a a tent in downtown. On the streets, no go. She asks about a missing bottle of alcohol while speaking to Como News, literally on camera. Where's my bottle? It was a bottle of, uh, oh, fire! I forget what it's called. It's that that uh, cinnamon whiskey. Horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. Where's my bottle? She said about about. Oh, it was a bottle of rum. Sorry, bottle of rum. I'm an alcoholic and I drink to numb the pain of a broken back. All right, that's, you're probably going to die of cirrhosis of the liver, not your back. That sucks. She said if she was offered substance abuse treatment by an outreach worker, she would not accept. All right, she would not accept. So here's your counter argument for all the people saying, you know, these folks are just down on their luck, and they're trying to do the best they can. Well, here you go. So she would not accept I won't take it, it ain't going to do no good for me, she said. That's where she's at. She's at that emotional place where I'm just going to live on the sidewalk or live wherever. And I'm just going to drink myself silly. And that's what we're doing. And that is the attitude that for me as a small business owner, and seeing all these other collective small business owners going, hey, city of Seattle, you got to do something here. That's the kind of attitude that I'm like, yeah, you need to clean out that encampment because that's kind of what's going on. And she was she was a little bit older. So many of the folks living in the homeless encampments that I've been through, they're young. They're able-bodied people choosing this as a lifestyle. They don't want to work. So they're living in an encampment. And then you got all these people that are homeless advocates that are basically on some other cause, but because the homeless, ad, you know, advocacy is somewhat within their range of political whatever, they jump on the, the whole thing when a sweep happens and just as you know, big mess and a lot of people screaming, um, non logical thoughts. That's what happens. So all the tents back up to businesses that have shuttered and boarded up their windows and doors Mm, Not good. Those locations tend to be more attractive places for campers because they generally won't be hassled by the business owner because the establishment has closed either temporarily or permanently. All right. So that's why they're there. It's a logical spot for them. They don't get hassled. There's nobody to tell them, Hey, go away. Trying to get people into my store. They don't even have to worry about traffic. They do have to worry about people walking up the sidewalk like me, but I just walk across to the other side of the street and go up because it's kind of scary. They're closed because of COVID and this, said Art Wall pointing to the encampment. And he was, I watched the video on this and he was literally talking from the other side of the street. He co-owns what's known as the Ross building, which is across the street from where the tents have taken root. It needs to be cleaned up. The stores need to be open, the jobs need to come back, and the encampment needs to not come back. I agree 100%. And that's why I cover this issue on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, because it's a real issue in a city like, like Seattle, that just really hasn't come up with a solution to number one, keep this under control, or number two, just stop it from exploding which it has done Then I get that we've, you know, the whole CDC don't sweep the encampments and don't put people into small, confined homeless shelters. All right, I get that. But then you got to figure out some solutions and buying up a hotel every now and then and putting 50 people in there. You know, if you got 400 encampments, maybe 600, who knows, is there double that now? I don't know. That's a lot of homeless people, and you're, you're going to have a tough time putting that genie back in the bottle, right? So um, Art Wall, the owner of the Ross Building, he said that he sympathizes with people who don't have a permanent place to live, but can't understand why the city, which will spend nearly $200 million on homelessness in 2021, can't find an alternative place for the unsheltered to stay. $200 million. $200 million. And we've got an encampment a block long in downtown Seattle. Does that make any sense to you at all? At all? I mean, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. It's like, okay, what are we getting for our nearly quarter billion dollars here? Is it that we just can't get to all of them or we can't get to some of them? What are we getting for our 200 million bucks? What What is that buying? And it's it's kind of reading those stats, knowing this is going on. All right, so 200 million isn't going to do it. Do you need to spend a billion to figure it out? Is that what you need to do? Because you got to figure this out somehow, right? There are lots of cities that don't have this issue. Bellevue is one where I'm recording this podcast for you right now. I mean, we are probably, what are we, 11 miles, 10 miles away from what I'm talking about in Seattle, Um, but a world of difference, just wildly different here. We don't allow this kind of thing to happen, and we've budgeted money for it to happen, you know, for when it does happen. All right, here's what you do. Here's what's going on. You need to go here. City of Seattle just says, Hey, come on in, put your tent on the sidewalk. It's all good. You know, shoot up in your tent. It's all right. Drink some booze, drink some run. It's what we're doing. Tent catches on fire. Oh, you go get another one. You'll figure it out. Um, Crazy. So I, I guess that's what you get for your 200 million bucks you get a city long block of tents. If this was all gone, and it could get cleaned up. They would all open up while said referring to the businesses that have closed. Because it's in downtown and it's a you know it's location you want to look at a major metropolitan city in north america seattle it's right in the heart of that c- that city it's right where the, where this encampment is the encampment is also sprouted on a major thoroughfare for tourists who are walking to and from pike market a major destination in seattle for city visitors yeah there's people walking around with suitcases going oh this isn't good this is we don't have this at home why did i come to seattle And that's why so many tourists are not coming to Seattle because they don't really want to deal with this stuff. If you can go to another North American city that doesn't have this uh, kind of influence, isn't that probably what you're going to do? I mean, if you go somewhere else, you know, some people are like, ah, but I really like Seattle. Okay. Well, you know, it's their own. That's fine. Um, this is wild said Jose Reynoso, who along with four friends arrived in Seattle from Chicago for a week long visit and found themselves pulling their suitcases through the camp. We don't see this back home. Granted, I mean, let's think about that. He's in Chicago. So he's definitely not on the south side, is he? I mean, we don't see this back home kind of hurts people, uh, seeing people stuck in these living situations. It shows how we live in an unfair world. I was in downtown Chicago, I don't know, five years ago for a Zillow thing. Can't even remember really what it was, but I was there. Zillow paid the way. So why wouldn't I go to downtown Chicago? One of my kids met me there and we kind of hung out. It was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, downtown Chicago, you do not see homeless encampments like this. Now, granted, we didn't have the coronavirus back then, but you didn't have, it was downtown Chicago, you didn't have homeless encampments just in parks and didn't happen. I mean, not Chicago. When asked if there's going to be a policy shift on the clearing of homeless camps, Mayor Jenny Durkin said the issue is about finding people a place to live first. All right. What's the policy on clearing of the homeless encampments? Well, we're not really going to answer that question. We're just going to bring up another question. And what do we do to find people a place to live first? That is our, that's our political leadership right there. That's what we're doing with our $200 million. Well, we we, we got to find a place for them to live first. Uh-huh. Yep, you do. How's that working out? What are you doing on that? Yeah, I got this, got a hotel there. Yeah frustrating, right? I mean, these business leaders in downtown Seattle, they've got to be just absolutely pulling their hair out. I mean, just the ridiculousness that goes on there. There is no mechanism to remove every tent in the city of Seattle and bring them inside. We just don't have that many places, Durkin said. So we really need to focus on those encampments that we know need to move because there is a public health and safety issue. Every homeless encampment is a public health and safety issue. Every homeless encampment is, bar none. That's the nature of the beast. So when you tell me what what you're talking about is, when enough nine one one calls come through, and when enough calls for the fire department come through, when somebody gets stabbed or you know a shooting happens, like we've just had in Seattle, those camps go away, don't they? Hmm. It's kind of like chop, isn't it? All right. It's a summer of love until it isn't. And then we're like, oh, yeah, those two dead kids. Yeah, it was all going swimmingly until then. And it's like saying, well, these homeless encampments, there's no public health issue and there's no safety issue. Never mind the 49 calls to 911 last month. And the eighteen times that they had to send out fire trucks because somebody's tent caught on fire—never mind those little statistics and that little data—we're not worrying about that. We're worried about a real public health and safety issue. Hmm. Hmm. The day and age that we live in—it's like, what are we? What are we doing here? So we need to use the um, we need to use the parks or be a business open downtown. Uh whew, what? I mean half the stuff these politicians say I'm like just tell me what you're thinking cuz this political double speak it means nothing to me and um you know it, it the nonsense that goes on and uh, she said the city has begun removing camps when it had not been doing during the pan which had not been doing during the pandemic. And we're talking about Mayor Durkin now, because it was adhering to guidelines provided by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. And that is part of the problem. These encampments have just gotten crazy out of control because if you're not being swept for that long, you're going to pick up furniture, you're going to bring couches in, you're going to create a metal shop. I mean, I. Literally, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was talking about that. Somebody had a metal shop in a park in North Seattle, a metal shop. I wonder what happened to that. If anybody knows, let me know. It probably got shut down. Somebody probably cut off a finger. They had a 911 call, but that didn't make the news because it's not that important because in order for it to make a news, you got to have an explosion catching a house on fire or catching a commercial building on fire, or you've got to have a shooting where somebody dies. That's when you really get the encampment shut down, right? So we need to engage those people and bring them inside, Durkin said. If not, we will move the tent so we can reopen. All right so we go from uh so we really need to focus on those encampments that we know need to move because there is a public health and safety issue which i've already determined that there is in every single one all right so what we're saying is that the worst of the worst are going get cleared out we need to use the parks or be a business open downtown all right so she's saying yeah we need to be able to use the parks for people walking in the parks or be a business open downtown downtown area having businesses open so So, what we're saying is this one on 3rd Avenue is going to get a sweep. Yep. So, the city has begun removing camps and we have been. We've been doing that all along. Cal Anderson Park and the CHOP, that's been swept um, a couple of times since I've been covering this, right? Miller Park, it got swept. Um, We just had a murder at – Oh, Ravenna Park, and then they, they swept it. I mean, it became a public health and safety issue uh, upon said crime. Um, so we need to engage with those people and bring them inside. Yes, you do. That's the nature of the homeless problem, right? If not, we'll move the tent so we can reopen. Okay, so then you're just shuffling people around like we're all talking about. And um, I guess that's what you do. You, you, you move them around. Get them out of the downtown. And that's where a lot of the homeless advocates are saying, yeah, but you're playing whack-a-mole. You're not really solving the problem. Okay, no, but this problem got way worse during the Rona. And the downtown cores have really suffered because we haven't done any sweeps. Now we're going back to business and you're going to have that conflict. And that's literally what we're talking about here is that this conflict, it's going to keep on going until it doesn't, until we have a sweep, Mm, business is open kind of get back to normal residents say the outreach workers came through the camp on Wednesday with offers of a temporary hotel room, which some accepted, uh, the guy shooting up heroin or whatever he was shooting up in his tent. He, um, told the Como news reporter that he got a hotel for the night. So it's a temporary solution. City isn't really offering any, you know, long-term solutions for the most part, because it's federal money that's, you know, being spent on a lot of these temporary solutions. And I know the amount of money that needs to be spent on permanent solutions is way more than $200 million. And at a time where the city budgets on their own are sucking, because we shut down the economy. Got to get back, got to get back on track. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know how many million or billion it's going to take. But what I do know is these businesses and these citizens in these areas, they deserve better. They deserve better than political leadership that just kind of says, well, we'll deal with it when it gets really bad. And by really bad, those are what I do podcasts on. That's what we're doing. So that's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. If you haven't subscribed already, love to have you do that. Do all that stuff that YouTubers tell you to do. But if you don't want to do that, that's okay. But I'll still see you again. We'll talk. We'll have this chat. All right. And we'll probably have this chat on the sweep of this homeless encampment. We'll see how that goes. Probably like all the rest. Yeah. Department of Transportation came in, Parks Department came in, you know, had some agitated homeless advocates that, you know, were citing case law and things like that that don't really get anywhere. And then they take everybody's stuff, put it in a dumpster, clean it up, clean all the graffiti up that's what they're doing. That's what they're That's what we're doing. That's what I'll be covering. All right. Thanks so much for being here. I'll catch up with you guys soon. We'll talk then. Till then, stay safe. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.